0: Good evening, everybody. What a gift to gather together on Good Friday, to remember, reflect, embrace the cross. If you're brand new with us, maybe a guest here tonight, my name's Aaron Stern. I'm the lead pastor here at Mill City Church, and I want to make sure to welcome everybody joining us on live stream. What a gift, through the gift of technology, that we can be together. Several years ago, my wife, Jossie, and I were in a hotel, and we were walking down a hallway, and we passed by somebody, and I kind of I noticed them, but then I, I caught, as they walked right by, I, I said to Jossie, I think that was Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft. And by that time, you know, he is, and I thought, let's follow. So we turned back around, and, and, and saw him going down the hallway, and he's about to get on an elevator, and by the time i got to the elevator cuz i was like well, i'm going to jump on an elevator and you know and by the time we got in the elevator right as we got to the elevator the door's closed and just missed it we notice famous successful people and some of that it can be good they can be very inspiring but on the other hand there's a dark side to it and the dark side is the is the putting greater value on somebody that's been successful? Because when we see somebody that's less successful, do we turn around and say, let's follow them. i got to get in an elevator with them. And we ask this question, it seems like almost every time we meet somebody, what do you do? Which is interesting and helpful to maybe just understand a little bit more about their lives, but is there even sometimes a, a measuring up where do you stand? How valuable are you? Or maybe it hits closer to home for you, and you lived in a home where mom or dad or both had an if-then relationship with you. Where if you got good grades, or if you succeeded on the soccer field, or the sports in the sports arena, or the musical arena, or the theater arena, or wherever it was, if you did well, then you got showered with praise showered with love. But if you didn't, there was nothing. One of my boys was on a wrestling team this last year, and I watched as one particular boy lost a match, and I saw his dad afterwards with his finger in his face berating his son for not performing at the level that he thought he should have. We live in a culture that pushes a performance narrative where your value is determined by what you've achieved by what you produce how successful you are that success might look like finances or it might look like num- letters behind our names or something like that it can look like a lot of different things in either in, no matter what it is it creates divisions between successful and unsuccessful we create lines based on on Size of a house or size of a bank account, or maybe it's not about achievement in that way. Maybe it's about being successful in relationship to intelligence, or maybe it's success is based on tolerance or strength or behavior, power, coolness. And the flip side is that you're less valued, or maybe even in our culture, canceled if you aren't successful in the right way. If you don't measure up to my line of success, you're just less valuable. So our success and worthiness are rated by our performance. You ever gone to a a reunion? Maybe if you're a little older, you go back for a a high school or college reunion and you feel good about yourself, but then you hang out with a bunch of people that are more successful than you and you walk out feeling not as great about yourself. Or maybe you're doom scrolling through Instagram and And comparison seeps in, and it starts to steal the contentment that you had, which leads to higher anxiety, which continues to increase in our society. And we think, wow, I'm going to Florida, but look, they're going to the Greek Isles. Look how beautiful their food is. I'm just getting macaroni and cheese. And whatever it might be, whether it's the smiley family or it's the trips or it's the car or it's the experiences or whatever it might be, what do we start to ask ourselves? Am I enough? And the cloud of shame starts to roll in. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. This performance narrative is transactional. You provide me with success and I provide you with value and adoration but here on good friday as we remember the sacrifice of jesus on the cross what we are what we come to see here tonight is that the cross of jesus refutes the performance narrative the story changes in ephesians chapter 2 we're going to spend a little bit of time there the apostle paul writing to the to the believers in Ephesus says as for you you were dead in your transgressions and sin now that's a strong statement it's a really strong statement cuz he doesn't notice how he doesn't say you were dead you were you were bad in your transgressions and sins you were unsuccessful see there are degrees of badness or degrees of success but there's no degree of deadness you're either dead or you're not you're like not mostly dead kind of dead somewhat dead you're dead or you're not it's one or the other. You were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time. Not somebody, not a few of you, not the worst of you, all of us. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest. We were by nature deserving of wrath. So, a few verses here. This is not very encouraging. You're dead. All dead. Every one of you are caught in death, spiritually dead. And here's the bad news you can't bring yourself back to life, you're stuck. But thankfully, this passage of Scripture is not done, and we have this, my favorite, start. the next verse starts with my favorite conjunction, but. But because of his great love for us. This word means, uh uh-uh, something's changing, something's coming, this wasn't the end of the story, we have something more coming. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead, in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Story's not over. Oh, You're dead. You're in trouble. Story's not over, though. And this is why. Because of the great love of God. God delights in you. God looks at you and says, that's my girl. That's my boy. Dead, in sin, stuck. I love him. Not because you earned it. Not because tell how you were good enough. Not because you got great enough grades. Not because you got this or that. Or you got the award for the best citizen and the Great Good Samaritan Award. And you've got community service. All these hours. All doing all of these things. Not because you made the honor roll. None of those things. Not because you're the employee of the month. Because of God's great love. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, Apostle Paul to the Romans. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, God, Christ died for us. See, when it comes to Jesus, the criterion isn't performance. It's his love, which is unconditional. It's not based upon you and me. It's based upon God and his love it wasn't god's anger that sent jesus to the cross it was god's love that drove him to the cross i do this because i love i do this because they're stuck and i love them not because they deserve it they were deserving of wrath paul says here but instead i'm going to give them something different because i love them verse 6 and god raised us up with christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us, in Christ Jesus, kindness to us. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. This is not because you performed. This is not because you were successful enough. This is not because you earned it. is not because you produce something. This is not because you're entitled to it. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Look what I did. Look what I got. Look how I did it. Not you, not me. C.S. Lewis, he's the writer of the Chronicles of Narnia. He's also wrote books like Mere Christianity, British theologian and author, and he was hanging out one night at a pub with his academic colleagues and they would regularly kind of wrestle some ideas. And one person, one of, the, one of his colleagues asked, what if any belief is unique to the Christian faith? They started going back and forth on some different possibilities. And C.S. Lewis was just kind of quiet for a moment. And After a while he said, oh, that's easy. It's grace. He said the Buddhists have the eightfold path. Hindu karma, Muslim code of law, each offers a way to earn approval. Only Christianity dares to make God's love unconditional. Not based on anything you earn or somehow gain approval or forgiveness. No, 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 no. Unconditional love. This might be an incomplete definition of the word grace. Grace. But I think it gets the big point across. And it's this, God at work. Grace is God at work. Because the opposite of grace, if at that definition, would be me at work. I'm the one who's working. I'm the one who did it. In this little passage that we've been reading here in Ephesians chapter 2, it starts off with, you're dead. You can't bring yourself to life but God, and then we get grace three times in a couple of verses because of grace, because of God's work. So we don't boast, not us. I have four boys, as many of you know, Parker, Cohen, Brooks, and Smith, and associates, and a little, a little law firm. And and if you have multiple Kids, more than one. Um, you understand what I mean, but we, you know, four boys close in age, uh, and it was just one of those days. One of those days where it just, you know, it was the, the line between playing together and and hurting one another was so fine, and they were so close to it all the time. And you know, Jossie and I are just frustrated and stop that and and it, you know, go to your room, separate, and then they come back. And then within minutes, it's back at it. and They're punching each other. They're saying something rude to each other, something mean. And, and, and now two of them are together, and I'm nearby. And, and, and I heard it. Punched one another, and there was some sort, of, some sort of altercation. And I came out. We were outside. Came out, and I said, boys, get in the car now. They, Why? Just get in the car got in the car start to pull out of the driveway going down the road dad where are we going i'll tell you when we get there lips start to quiver dad where are we going i'll tell you when we get there they're like looking at each other holding each other's hands <laughs> probably 5 times dad where are we going I'll tell you when we get there they're like it's over it's over we pushed him too far we're not coming back Pull into a parking lot, pull into a parking space, I said, Get out. Like, where, where? Just get out. And we walk into an ice cream shop, and I said, Get whatever you want. Like, what? <laughs> Is this some sort of mean and cruel? No, get whatever you want. A couple of scoops and multiple toppings, and I'm like, we sit down, and I could tell they're so confused. He said, this is not what you deserve. This isn't even like a reduction. This isn't even mercy. You just get less than you deserve. This is called grace, boys. You get the opposite of what you deserve. Thank you, Dad. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Dad. I thought our lives were over, and instead, we're eating ice cream. The grace of God... Is a gift. And it's way better than ice cream. Jesus. Humiliated. Beaten. Whipped. Crown of thorns. Pressed into his head. Not because we deserved it. We deserved wrath. But Jesus says, get in the car. (laughs) Where are we going? Calvary. takes it and he dies so that the power of sin and death can be broken well thank you i thought you were going to put me up there instead you went there whoa I mean, that was ice cream. You ever get like a massive gift and you're just like, uh, th- thank you, thank you. I don't even know. And you just keep saying thank you and you don't even know what to say. And you're like, I don't even know what to say. Uh, I mean, thank you is not enough. I just don't know what to say. I, why? Because, because grace leads to gratitude. When we truly experience, oh, I thought I was going to get that, but I got that instead. What? I didn't even just get a, like a lesser sentence. I got I got grace. Whoa, thank you. Huh, uh, whoa. Carl Barth, Swiss theologian. It says grace and gratitude belong together like heaven and earth. Gratitude follows grace like thunder with lightning. See, we are being sold a performance and shame story. Do this, achieve this, this is your value. Be successful enough, do it right. And if you don't, we live in shame and we're trying to fight the shame and trying to fight the am I enough and how do I compare? But Jesus says, no, 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 I'm not writing and I am going to break you out of a performance shame story and I am writing a grace gratitude story for you. Not because you did anything. I'm replacing the performance shame story with a grace and gratitude story. And so for some of you here tonight, it's a reminder. And for some of us, maybe you've been walking with God for a long time and you're like, oh yeah, I kind of been taking it for granted. May Good Friday wake us up out of our slumber to a whoa-ho-ho! And for some of you, maybe you're in church for the first time or, or maybe the first time in a long time. And so for all of us, really, what do we do when we see the grace of God? We receive it. Sometimes we think, oh, I see it, now what do I do? Well, you receive it. You just receive it. Okay, I, I accept. Sometimes I think, no, I don't deserve it. Yeah, you're right, you don't. I want to pay it back, you can't. Just receive it. And that's exactly what Jesus is asking for each one of us, just to respond to his grace by receiving the grace of God. And when we receive it, gratitude is the overflow. So will you receive the love of God tonight? Can we get a picture of the great love of God and the grace of God tonight? For some of you, if you've never said yes to Jesus, this is, can be your moment to say, Jesus, I give you my life. I respond, uh, thank you. I receive it. Jesus, the night before he went to the cross, he was with his disciples and has a meal with them with what we call the Last Supper. And in that meal, he at one point takes bread and juice and does what we now know as communion. Where he breaks bread and talks about his broken, beaten body. And he drinks a glass of wine, and he says, this is my blood. They didn't quite know what he was talking about, but he was foreshadowing what was about to come. 24 hours later, he would be nailed to a cross. For them, for you, for me. And so, we're going to take communion together here in a moment. Communion, another word for communion is Eucharist. Eucharist is derived from the Greek word eucharistia, which means thanksgiving. So when we participate in communion, it's a thanksgiving meal. It's a thanksgiving reminder. Remembering grace and proclaiming thanks for God's work of deliverance. For saving. Doing what we couldn't do on our own. And doing it as a gift before we take communion together I'm going to sing a song and so if you would let's all stand together this song is a song about communion and what Jesus did so as we sing this song will you just maybe even picture in your mind Jesus on that cross on Calvary a couple thousand years ago suffering, bleeding, dying, suffocating for you and for me an act of grace. Let's sing together. On your way in, you should have received a communion cup. If you didn't receive one for whatever reason, if you would, you can just raise your hand and one of our host team will make their way towards you here in a moment. Just keep your hand raised until they get to you. We practice here at Mill City Open Communion, which means that if you're a follower of Jesus, maybe even if just a moment ago you said, Jesus, I give you my life. We encourage you to participate with us because we, don't, we believe that communion is something we do as a part of the body of Christ, not about being a member in one particular church because we embrace the work of Jesus, his sacrifice, his beaten body, his spilled blood. The scripture says that before we take the bread and the cup, we're to examine ourselves. And so we're going to take a moment of personal confession and then together we'll pray a confessional prayer. We don't always like to confess. It's maybe not a natural thing, but confession is so good for us, for our souls, because it brings the unloved parts of ourselves, the parts of ourselves that we would rather ignore, we'd rather cover, and we put it before the love of an unconditional God, the unconditional love of our God. You know, we all have a desire to be known, fully known and fully loved. Confession is a space where we can experience that reality. Where we bring every part of ourselves, the darkest part of ourselves, the, the, the parts that maybe nobody else sees, the parts, the thoughts, the fears, all those things. We bring it before God. We confess. Because of His great love, He doesn't wag a finger. He opens His arms of grace and forgives so let's just take a few seconds. The scripture says, search our hearts, oh God. Find any offensive or anxious ways in me. Whatever maybe the Holy Spirit brings to mind. The way you treat your spouse, your kids, something you're doing that nobody else knows about. The way you're an un- unloving. Offer to God and confess, repent. There is forgiveness. want to say a confessional prayer together because it reminds us that the ground at the foot of the cross is level. There is not one of us in here that is in less need of the grace of God than someone else. And it reminds us that we are never too far. And what we've done, we might have a long, long list keeps us from the grace of God. So let's say this together as a reminder of God's greatness and goodness towards us. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. If you would, grab the cup. You can peel off the top layer that gives you access to the bread. The next layer gives you access to the juice. The scripture says that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In early Jewish, first century Jewish thought, the idea of remembering wasn't just about commemorate. It was actually about pulling the past into the present. So as we take the bread and the juice in a moment, we are pulling the grace and the power of that Good Friday, a couple thousand years ago, into the present, into maybe the shame that you live in, in the, in the performance narrative. And so we pull the grace and the gratitude story into to push out and shove out the performance and shame narrative, the reality of the cross hold into the moment let's take the bread together I'll pray Father we thank you for your immense unimaginable extravagant unconditional love for us for your world deserving of wrath but giving of grace so as we take in the bread may we take in and receive grace Remembering your beaten, broken, pierced body, agonizing, suffocating so that we might have wholeness for any in the room who maybe are experiencing physical pain or physical issues or or mental issues or, or emotional issues. Be healed in the name of Jesus because of the work of Jesus on the cross, healing in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. What a gift. An unbelievable gift. Unimaginable. Thank you. Thank you, God. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take the juice. Spilled blood for the forgiveness of sins. To break us free from the power of sin. Something we could not do, for, do on our own. All of creation infected by sin. Sin and you, Jesus, in your blood, the cure to wash us clean. For any in this room that are think I've done too much, living under the cloud of shame, experience and receive forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Be forgiven in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that we would receive forgiveness and we would, by the power of the Spirit, have the ability to forgive maybe somebody who's hurt us, who's offended us, who's doing it again and again, whatever the case might be, God, I pray that you give us a revelation of what you've done on the cross, the grace poured out for us, blood spilled for us, gratitude would flow from us, God, making us new, breaking us free from the power of sin and death, doing what we could not do on our own giving us not just less than we deserve but something the opposite of what we deserve not by our own merit not by our own achievements not because we're successful but because of you a great gift of God almighty oh we give you praise God we honor you oh we thank you for your grace God thank you for your grace God thank you's not enough but we just can't help but say thank you can't help God Oh, we need you Oh, this we pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we give you gratitude we give you praise, we give you honor we thank you hearts are bursting with gratitude as we get a picture of your grace oh Jesus can we respond to the grace of God together tonight Jesus, unbelievable, unbelievable grace we didn't deserve it, didn't earn it but you gave it, something you couldn't do we couldn't do on our own Jesus. Oh, we stay in this moment. We hang in this moment of the presence of God, the grace of God poured out for the sins of the world, God. Jesus. We're so grateful. We're so grateful, God.